Africast and welcome to Friday in another edition of the show. I'm your sometimes host and always irritant Clinton Matos. Joining me today is Brendan Lotz. Good Friday. Yeah. <laughs> and Nick Cowden. Thank you. <laughs> yeah, I've got Hello. a surname right. I always say Cohen. Anyway, before we get into things good and proper, here's a word from our sponsors. This weekly edition of the podcast is brought to you by Samsung. Completely redefine your viewing experience with a beautifully curved SUHD TV. For more information, go to www.samsung.com. Nailed it. Nailed it. <laughs> the always beautiful uh, tone from Mr. Brendan Lodge. The dulcet tones of yes. my voice. And we're going to start off today actually kind of related on the new Samsung flagship phone, the yeah, S7 and the S7 Edge. It's out today. It was launched last night. Apparently, they had lobster canapes. Yes. Uh, mm. Really? Yeah. All right, Why so did I not go to this event? I, you were at another event. You were at another you? event yeah. having a beer. Oh, that's true. Uh, yeah. Well, well you, you see, you need to make these tough choices. Right <laughs> lobster, craft beer. Yeah. Mm. Mind you, in all fairness to Brendan, he didn't know that there was going to be lobster canapes. Yeah, true. Otherwise, fought Charlie yeah. for it. <laughs> but, you know, aside from the lobster, there was a phone. Yes. Yeah. Two wow. phones, actually. Yeah. Samsung Galaxy S7. Now... I haven't had a hands-on with this, but you've been writing a lot about it, Brendan. Yeah. Um, it's, the usual thing is, it's a bit bigger, the screen's a bit bigger, the battery life lasts a bit longer, and uh, what was it? The camera's better. Yeah. I believe it's called iterative design. You just mm. uh, you just do a little bit more each year and people buy yeah. it. Look, I'm, I'm, everything that I've heard so far is basically like, it's a slight upgrade from the S6. Right. Like, no offense, the S6 was a really good phone, mm. but... You know, like when you've got a little bit of extra things here and there, is it really worth spending the amount of money that you spend on and, on that flagship and phone? How much is that amount? Well, of the money? starting price for the S six, not the Edge, is fourteen grand. You mean, sorry, you mean the S seven? Oh, the seven. Sorry, yeah. the S seven, not the Edge, is fourteen grand, which is that's was it thirteen thousand nine hundred ninety nine yeah. rand and ninety nine cents. Yeah, so you get one, one cent. cent. Oh, actually, ten cents. Actually, oh, yeah, because they round 10 up. Cents, yeah, yeah, they okay. round up nowadays. But yeah, I mean, it's a lot of money for a flagship smartphone and to sound a bit cliche, but in this economy, <laughs> you know. Hey, my wife uh, yeah, flew in today. My arms are tired. Uh. <laughs> um, mind you, if you do fancy upgrading it and you uh, upgrade it before the 20th of March, you get a free VR gear headset. Yeah, yeah. which is really, like the whole world is going VR mad at the moment. I mean, you've got the HTC Vive coming out this year, the Oculus Rift. Uh, all of those other ones, and now you've got yeah. these little ones that you put your phone in. Well, um, the difference is you can get one. You can get a Gear VR and Google Cardboard now. Yeah. The Oculus Rift is still overseas. And, and you need a beast of a PC to run it. Yeah, well, if you do want to Gear VR, though, you need a beast of a phone to run yeah. it. So that's, uh, that's uh, kind of a double-edged sword. Good news, we're giving one away, actually. Yeah. Um, if you just look below the podcast, if you open up the story, uh, we will have a link to it. Also, we'll have links to all the stories we mentioned today. So go click on that, go enter, and you can win yourself one of those without yeah. having to pay for one or without having to buy yourself a very expensive phone. Indeed. Yeah. yeah. But it, it is 
you said that you saw uh, I fixed it do a teardown of this. Thing. Yeah, and it's actually really, really beautiful to look at inside. I, I never thought I'd say that about a smartphone on the inside, but I mean, the inside of it looks really well thought out and well laid out. Mm, okay. uh, I, I don't think a lot of people really realize how much engineering goes into putting is put into these phones yeah. when mm. they build them. I mean, you've got to put a CPU in there, you've got to put uh, memory, you've got to put storage, you've got to put a battery, you've got to put a camera sensor, Wi Fi. All, all of those things. And, I mean, you don't have much space to do it. And then you've got to think about how all that heat is going to be dissipated and all of that stuff. Yeah. And that you can't put fans. We've yeah. actually seen a phone like with a, a fan. So like computers. Despite the fact that it will cost you um, to buy it outright, the down payment on a car, um, it is a meticulously well-crafted piece of kit. Absolutely. Like, yeah. n- no 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 bones about it it's a really nice looking nice looking piece of kit and I wouldn't mind having one in my pocket that said I'd rather have 14 grand in my pocket <laughs> and, um, uh, that being said for 3 grand you can get the Xiaomi Redmi Note 2 which yeah. Brendan recently reviewed and I'm thinking about buying one for myself yeah because price for performance that is a very 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 solid phone yeah mm. and like the difference between 14 and 3,000 is <laughs> it's a big difference it's, it's around 11,000 rand yeah it's exactly 11,000 rand <laughs> if my math works out uh so yeah it's um as soon as we get one in our hands and do a test you know maybe it's worth 14,000 rand maybe, maybe it is maybe it knocks the socks off of us and we're just like no buy this just uh, sell the kids sell the wife sell, <laughs> sell the kidney get this but uh as soon as we have one in our hands we will have a review for you guys to read indeed speaking of reviews you yes. were you were reviewing a film this yes, week yes called the eye oh, no it's just called eye in the sky yes eye in the sky so uh, the title kind of gives it away. It is kind of about Big Brother in the sky looking down on you. But it's actually about spy drones, uh, spies slash military drones and how they're used in warfare. It all centers around a terrorist situation where there's terrorists in a house. And kind of the it looks more at the bureaucracy and the red tape surrounding when are we going to send one of those hail fire missiles down? Uh, what are the civilian casualties are we going to win the propaganda war from this? And there's a great line in the movie, and it says, um, if suicide bombers, which there are suicide bombers in the house who are going to go do a suicide bombing run, if they go and kill 80 people, we win the propaganda war. But if we kill one little girl with a hail fire missile, we lose the propaganda war. Mm. And it's how do you deal with that? How do you deal with if somebody else goes and kills 80 people, that's on them. Mm. But if we let one person die, that's on us. Mm. How do you deal with that? And every turn of the movie, they'll say, I'm going to refer up. I need to go to the next highest politician or, um, yeah, or military man before I do this so I don't commit a war crime and I don't get thrown in. in what's the military jail called? The Hague. That. No. I don't know. Uh, <laughs> no, uh, this is the brig. The brig. That's the, yeah. Well, no, I mean, because it's like basically, got, from what I read in your review, you've got these two, um, the two different sides of the argument are essentially Aaron Paul's um, drone yeah. pilot who's based out in Nevada. Yeah, so who, he's he's the mil- the American military actually yeah. owns the drone. They're flying it, and he's basically along the lines of like, I'm not dropping a bomb on a girl playing jump yeah. rope in the street. Whereas Helen Mirren's character, who's a British uh, colonel or general, I can't remember, her attitude is, you know, these people are going to kill a lot of people. Uh, we can, you know, if we kill one little girl and we save 70, 80 people, yeah. I'm quite happy with those numbers. Yeah. And those are the two kind of sides of it, like the pragmatic side and the moral side. Yeah. And um, from what from review, what I, what I got was the, uh, the fact that, like, 
those two sides have to wait for a bunch of bureaucrats above them who aren't really concerned about... And lawyers. Yeah. And There's literally a military lawyer in the command center telling them if what they're doing is legal. And, and, and uh, yeah, and, and they don't seem to be as interested in the human casualty side of this as they are covering their own asses. Yeah, because, I mean, who, who wakes up in the morning and be like, I'm going to go commit a war crime with uh, documented details and I'm going to get thrown in the brig for this. But, you know, uh, you said uh, like Aaron Paul goes against uh, what he's being ordered to do. And if this was made in the 80s or 90s, it would be like, I, I don't listen to the law. I do what I want. <laughs> yeah, but it's I not like it. that. When Aaron Paul did it, he actually said it's within my rights and my operating codes to request a new evaluation of the situation. And then the risk assessor has to go back and run simulations. And then he has to say, he has to give a percentage of will this little girl die or not. And if it's within a certain parameter, then they can go ahead with it. So it's really good. If you like military inner workings and training and... And for everybody out there who just thinks that these drone strikes are just decided over a pot of coffee and they don't go (laughs) willy-nilly, it's kind of of an eye-opening thing. Yeah. Because, like, you know, in order to put one rocket through the roof of a... a, 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 Well, it's not suspected at this stage. It is a terrorist stronghold. Um, you know, you, you, you have to get the lawyers and the bureaucrats and the politicians to sign off on it. Tell you what, though, from the trailer, it looked like they had some incredible kit. Like there was, oh, yeah. a, there was, yeah. a, there was a, a, a camera mounted on a drone that was designed to look like a fly. Oh, oh wow. no, it was and a they, beetle. A, a beetle, yeah. yeah. And they fly this thing with a PSP Go. Yeah, yeah. That, was my what? Favorite, that was my favorite part of the whole movie. The guy sits down and out of this box, he takes out a PSP Go. I'm like, okay, that's old technology. But anyway, and then he takes out this little beetle and he starts flying it. First of all, PSP Go, very underpowered piece of tech. Second of all, there's no joysticks to fly the thing. You've got a, a D-pad and then the four face buttons. And then you've got like a little touch screen to try to fly a little beetle. Would not have happened, but it is cool <laughs> But to show. we don't know, do we? Because yeah. the thing is, is a, that, that Die in the Sky puts a premium on getting a lot of its tech details right. Yeah. And, like, you know, you're you going to be sending some questions off to Gavin Hood. And yeah. one of those questions is, like, the PSP Go, d- does that actually work? I mean, like, yeah. have, have the military repurposed um, <laughs> the failed handheld of Sony? Yeah. You know, um, because, I mean, the thing is that, you know, military have uh, repurposed stuff before. Um Oh yeah, they used to fly drones with Xbox 360 controllers, and they also used to use um, uh, what are they called? Stacked uh, PS3s yeah. for their radars because yeah. they processed the graphics faster. Wow! Yeah, well, so I, I think the the argument was there. What it wasn't that they're faster; it was the army did like a rundown in terms of budget, <laughs> and they worked out to build the computer they needed. It would have been easier to buy like a few hundred PS3s and stack them up than mm. to get some custom <laughs> hardware done. So it was just a case of going down to the store and buying something was easier so than making I, it yourself. I, aw- I await Mr. Hood's answers with some interest because yeah. that would be very interesting. Mind you, that would be a bit of a giveaway, wouldn't it? Yeah. Like, say, who is the operative in the street? Yeah, it's got That's a PSP. PSP Go! <laughs> no one plays those! Get him! Yeah. <laughs> it's a... Uh, it's, uh, it, it, but what are you playing, buddy? <laughs> there aren't any games left. Yeah. <laughs> Apparently, the PSP Go and the PSP family are good for doing emulation, though. So, well, I'll be interested. I'm, I'm emulating being a spy. One day, I want to actually have a look back at the PSP and the slimmer PSP and the PSP Go and the, the, the brute that they brought out, like the PS Vita. Yeah. That was like... I, I remember listening to a Eurogamer podcast once, and I agree with them. Like The PS Vita is the most aggressively designed, um, you know... Uh, uh, handheld console I've ever seen. 
You know, it's like, ah, <laughs> oh, you like touchscreens, do you? This well, there's two of them. It's joystick. Like, and- imagine, but they gave it no support. Imagine, like, Lamborghini came out, like, this is the fastest Lamborghini in the world. It's the best one in power. But it runs on depleted uranium. <laughs> <laughs> and uh, to, run this, to run this, you're going to have to go steal from the Libyans or something. It's like, what? I really want to drive your car. As driven by Doc Brown. Yeah, I really want to drive your car, but I don't want to be shot by Libyans, man. Yeah, yeah, I don't know why they didn't give that support. I would it's like to point strange. out to our listenership that um, Clinton doesn't actually have anything against Libyan people. <laughs> yes. He's not stereotyping. He's referencing back to the future. Yes. <laughs> okay. So, yeah. So, so but, but, hang on. Worth watching? Yes. Yes. 100%. Um, if you like political thrillers, go watch it. If you like, uh, uh, like tension, go watch it. If you like uh, military drama, go watch it. It's not an action movie, though. Don't no. go in there expecting explosions and uh, in a world and stuff like that. It's it's in a world. Yeah, <laughs> it's a really slow boil, uh, and it sticks the landing. I think some people have said it doesn't stick the landing, but I think it's got a good payoff mm, at the well, end of the movie. And cool. it's uh, Alan Rickman is in there, who is now the uh, late Alan Rickman. Late. late. Mm. He will always be Hans Gruber yeah. to me. Yeah, he. Uh, he does have a fairly major part. He isn't the main character because there's no main character in this, but he does have a fairly major part, which I think he did really well. So mm. it might be worth seeing if you're a fan of him. Well, from like, well, I mean, like you know, it's 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 interesting, like you mentioned there, because like uh, I I am fascinated by um, you know any sort of. Uh, uh, whether it's a book, whether it's a film, any sort of, I hesitate to use the word entertainment, but it's stuff that focuses on the details of of what of their subject matter and gets so much right. Yeah. I mean, that's, that's for me, it was one of the things that made Mr. Robot, uh, which yeah. we will watch last year, very, very cool. And speaking of authenticity, which is kind of like Tom Clancy's calling card, yeah. we were supposed to be playing The Division this week. Yes, uh, we were. Yes, we were. But it only arrived this morning, so we're going to be playing that later on today. I'm really looking forward to that, actually. Um, I know I'm that. Not. Yeah, I know you're not, but you know you you're not the one playing it. Yep. <laughs> well, that's the whole reason you're going to be playing it because at every stage that we played this game, we haven't had the best response to it. We played it at Rage when it was very early. Dion played it; he didn't like it. I played the, one of the recent betas. I didn't like it. Well, I'm, you're going to be reviewing. Uh, it. I, I'm I'm going to give it a fair shake because, quite frankly, um, you know. I've been looking forward to this ever since it was announced with its kind of paranoia-inducing setup in E3. I think it was 2013, where basically, if you haven't, if, if you've been living under a rock, the division is uh, it's basically a third-person shooter MMO hybrid, yeah. where you play a sleeper cell operative that becomes activated in New York after a pandemic on Black Friday. Basically, returns the Big Apple to the law of the jungle, and it becomes yeah. a quarantine zone, and you have to go in there with your Tom Clancy-esque gadgets and your firepower to kind of restore order yeah. to the streets um and yeah i'm gonna give it a sh- give it a go i've been yeah. looking forward to this I, so, i'm particularly interested in using the homing mine have you seen that uh no i didn't use it when i played i ah. i did have the option to use it but i what i used was the right shield because right shields are just the most fun in video games. <laughs> this is going to sound really really stupid but i'm going to spend quite a bit of time checking to see that if you take cover behind a car and you move along the car, that you actually close the door of the car if the oh, car yeah. door is open. Yeah. Because I thought that that looked really cool. There's a lot of details like that. Um, like if you go and shoot like wood mm. and you shoot in a perfect circle, when you shoot the last bullet to complete the circle, the piece of wood will fall out. Mm. Um, glass breaks pretty realistically. And you can't get through doors if somebody is standing through them. Yeah, we'll get well, to that. Yeah, you can. <laughs> You can. Oh, they fixed it now? No, it's not that they fixed it. But, okay, so what Brendan's talking about is that there have been players who have been griefing other players because, hey, 
that's what we all do. Yep. And what they've done is they basically stand in the doorway of your base and they don't move and you can't get around them. And they just stand there probably chuckling through the headset at you while you get more and more frustrated. <laughs> yeah. And you can't move them by walking at them. You can't move them by trying to get around them. So here's the pro tip which was revealed on Eurogame the other day. If you sprint at them, you will sprint on the spot for about 10 seconds and then you will literally run through them like yeah. they are a ghost, like they're <laughs> so, an apparition. So, okay, you may not understand why there's other players blocking your door. This is a pseudo MMO. Because they're dicks. Yeah, no, no, no. <laughs> Just like in terms of mechanics of the game, in certain parts of the game, it's completely single player and you're doing your own thing. Yeah. Then you get to parts of the game called dark zones or you, um, you get to parts of the game where it's just like neutral zone. In dark zones, you can shoot the other players. In neutral zones, you can't. And it's these neutral zones where people are getting stuck and especially because the start of the game is in a neutral zone. Yeah. So you need to get through that after it's shown you how to play the game to actually play the game. <laughs> and if somebody stands in the doorway to uh, where you need to go you can get stuck yeah well i'm gonna give it a go anyway because yeah. ubisoft for me this year has been quite good i really enjoyed far cry primal and i really enjoyed the jack the ripper um dlc, DLC for syndicate so i'm gonna give them a fair shake yeah. uh, but in the meantime because we haven't been playing the division we were playing town of light yes uh, which uh yeah oh, yeah I, I you're gonna sniff at this as a walking simulator no <laughs> i i played that i i am gonna sniff at it because <laughs> it was eerie i'm not one for horror games but this game was eerie because it's set it's set in a real world location even though non-real world things happen it's an uh it's, it's a volterra mental asylum in yeah. italy yeah. yes in Which, tuscany tuscany yes. so i played that game and i went afterwards and did some research and looking at pictures of this asylum be like i, I was just there yeah <laughs> it's really I, I was just there and things were freaking me out it's really a well a very beautiful world that they they've managed to pull off there the developer um it is all about the atmosphere though like yeah. it's like if you're expecting to be running around and have jump scares and all of that stuff this is not going to be your cup of tea at all mm. but for me who is extremely freaked out by asylums um like movies like session nine Jeez. house on the haunted hill and all of that sort of stuff like anything that's in an asylum kind of just immediately freaks me out and starting out this game you start out in like a, a nice leafy place it's really mm. nice and pretty and then you walk into this asylum and you just the minute you walk into that you get this feeling of dread just descends mm. upon you yeah and you have to go and switch on lights and you can you can switch on lights but it's almost like not even worth it mm. because it's so dark but it's really just everything happens in your head like is there did i just hear that noise or did my mind make it up yeah. and i made the mistake of firing up the game for the first night by and switching off the lights putting on <laughs> headphones <laughs> and uh my housemates actually walked past my room and i was just hello who's there yeah. is anybody there hello <laughs> hello hello please don't kill me that's please really, don't kill me and that's one of the games which, which would definitely benefit from vr because that yeah really puts funnily you enough more. yeah um, if you have an Oculus Rift overseas, not only do we hate you, but uh, you can play the Town of Light with yeah, Oculus it's Rift. Support. It's, it's supported by the Oculus Rift. I don't think I would survive that ordeal. Yeah. I'm no, not that, one there for horror you go, games. Like, that's, yeah. that, that's a feature we should do. Ten games you can't play with the lights off. <laughs> yeah. I actually uh, play. I made st the stupid mistake of playing with headphones, with the lights off. Outlast. <laughs> that was a dumb move. I played that game at Rage, surrounded by like thousands of people <laughs> with full-on lights, 
And I, I, I acted like a little baby. Yeah. <laughs> it's, a, it's a scary game. Very yeah, no, scary the thing game. about Town of Light, though, is that like, what, what uh, intrigued me about it is that like, it's basically built as a horror game, but the horror in it is human. Yeah. yeah. Um, it's, like, uh, it's not like demons or shambling horrors or zombies or anything. It, it, basically, you play this woman named Renee who goes back to the asylum because she was an inmate just before World War II. And you essentially go through her experience as she tries to piece together what happened in the asylum to her. And, and it's hectic. It's incredibly brutal. Yeah. Um, you know, there's instances of physical abuse, instances of sexual abuse, instances, uh, you know, uh, the only happiness in her life are these fleeting moments that just seem to exist to be snatched away. Yeah. And the thing about it is that, like, because, you know, modern psychology or, or, or well they hadn't they hadn't gotten to the stage that we have with with psychology and and treatment of the mentally ill you know this this is a time when strapping someone to an electroshock therapy couch represented the very height of cutting edge technology in yeah. in mental therapy and just so, above the leeches so, you know it just it's 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 all the things that happened to her well not all of them but most of the things that happened to renee they they they're being done with the best intentions which is makes the whole thing for me even more freaky yeah, yeah. Um, I mean like you, you're walking through when you're walking through the game you can pick you can there's posters on the wall of like different medical procedures and how to perform them like mm. not 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 the these days what would be probably considered torture yeah um, but back in those days it was this is a medical medical thing yeah. that, that we're doing here and it's it's really really creepy in the sense of this is what humanity is capable of yeah. uh, not so much as oh there's demons rising from hell and mm, yeah. aliens from space you do it's, that in doom though you go yeah. fight demons from <laughs> yeah but, but Doom's a different yeah, thing. Doom's yeah. not a horror game. As much as this is, it is a walking simulator, and man, you walk a lot. <laughs> um, is there a sprint button? No, no. there is not. <laughs> I thought they would add that, because I played the beta, I thought they would add that. No, the they did game. not add that. Um, but it's it's really like, it really makes you take a look at humanity. I mean, I, I've every night that I've played the game so far, I've closed the game and gone... Man, not sleeping tonight. No, 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 it's not even about that. It actually just makes you think. It makes you yeah. think and consider, like that. Even though this is set in 1938 or something mm. like that, uh, that there are still people that would consider doing this to other people. You know, yeah. like and it, it fo- like it kind of draws a lot of attention to how far we've come as a society, but how far we still have to go. Yeah, yeah. I'm going to pose a question to end us off. I want you. I'm going to ask you guys, and I'm going to ask the audience. A, do you believe in paranormal activity or pa- the paranormal in general? And B, would you spend a night in uh, an out, uh, what's it called, like a, an abandoned asylum or a hospital or a huge mansion where people claim that there's paranormal activity? I'm going to go first. I don't believe in paranormal activity at all. I think it's a load of hocus pocus and all the people who claim to see those are just scam artists trying to get money. That's my opinion. <laughs> wow. My opinion. <laughs> I would still not spend a night in those places because I believe that people can create a sense of dread from nothing. And when you go to those places, people are going to tell you they're going to pass that dread on to you and you will get freaked out from nothing. And I'm not a, I'm not a scaredy cat, but I'm pretty scaredy. <laughs> <laughs> I don't play horror games. <laughs> yeah. Uh, Nick, your two answers. Um, the judgment free zone, see, though. See, I'm not gonna. I'm not gonna the, say you. The, the, the head wrong. says no. The heart says yes. I yeah, mean, exactly. The thing is, is that like, I don't believe in it. I, I, I can't. Uh, but I would like to. 
Um, I'd like to believe that there are more things on heaven and earth than are dreamt of in your philosophies, Clinton. Um, but I don't. And would I spend a night in? Um, I, I, look, here's the thing. I, I, w- I wouldn't spend a night in in a, in a place like that. I mean, because like immediately when you tell me when you say to me, would you spend a night in a place like that? I immediately think of that hospital <laughs> or in Town of Light or the the Danvers Mental Institute in Session Nine, which yeah. just looked hectically wow. creepy. Um, and I think that yeah, you you, you would manufacture dread in your head. Exactly. Uh, you you know you wouldn't get a peaceful night's sleep. No, um, I, I mean if you if you were there with like with a bunch of friends and a campfire, you'd probably oh, yeah. be all right. Edward but still if, if, if you were doing it, geez. you know, where would you sleep? Would you sleep on one of the beds that oh, still has Lord. straps would attached you sleep to it? Blood stained floor. How about wow. you, Brendan? Um, I am divided as far as paranormal activity and paranormal paranormal things go. Um, Crank. <laughs> I do and I don't believe it. Pretty much where you stand is that like I don't I haven't ever experienced anything paranormal, but I think discounting it without facts either for or against is I, I, I don't know. You yeah. know? So personally I don't really believe in it. Like I've never seen a ghost, so you know. Um would I stay in a mental asylum? Oh hell no. Mm. Not for not for a minute. Um, well, last question: How much money would you need to make it worth your while? All of it. All, all of the money. All the money in the world. Twenty trillion, billion, billion. Eleventy-five. Eleventy-five. Or I, Tesla could. Or you know, Elon I Musk hate, could just I hate you, Clinton, because I can actually see this as the intro to a horror film. People say, "I don't believe in anything like that." Little did they know <laughs> they were what about was coming down to them. The only thing I'll do it for is like if you could get me a functioning Iron Man suit. I would. That's like my only. Yeah, but you wouldn't. If you got a functioning Iron Man suit, you could sit in the middle of a. a, a no, I mean afterwards. I mean, oh, like okay. that's my prize for staying the night is a functioning Iron Man suit. That was. Uh, but yeah, that's that's the question. We're gonna leave you now. Uh, we're gonna see you after the weekend. After we play Division. After we've had lots of nightmares based on everything. From Brendan Lots. Cheerio. Cowan. Thank you very much. Good. Have a good weekend. Yeah, from myself, Clinton Matos, and everybody here at HCHT. Thank you for listening. We'll see you next week. Sorry, the number you have dialed is not in service at this time.